0: if the training goes well if i have ridden well <laughs> if i have had a good workout it gives you a good feeling you've done you've done something good you've achieved something right in the start of the day and you start your work day uh, on a good note so he was hallucinating like he was he was saying that uh, he was thinking that we're going to a wedding <laughs> <laughs> He, was, he kept asking us, like, where is the wedding? I was like, <laughs> he's <laughs> gone crazy. <laughs> like if someone on Strava has done something, I'll explore it. I used to waste a lot of time doing that during my work hours. And mm-hmm. that is not productive. I'm working so that I can write. <laughs> so if, if you if you want to keep writing, then you definitely work properly right. and
1: I am Baiki Winky and this is the Working Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to reach as many working professionals as possible to get them started and keep them going on their fitness and healthy lifestyle journeys. Our guest today comes across as a very calm and introverted guy, but I think the calmness hides a fire in the belly for constant improvement and achievement. He is one of the new breed of ultra cyclists that India is seeing who aims at not just finishing mind-numbingly long ultra events but actually do well in them. He believes that ultra cycling in India can benefit a lot from more people focusing on getting faster and not stopping at taking pride in just surviving for the distance. Many would consider him too young to be focusing on ultra-endurance but to his credit he has raced and continues to race in all types of races and distances along with the ultra-cycling races. Unlike many of us who hate riding indoors, he loves riding indoors. He did virtual everesting on Zwift in 10 hours 15 minutes. He recently won a 24-hour virtual time trial championships riding non-stop for 24 hours on Swift Indoors. A working athlete to the core, after many years of working and cycling in India, he recently moved to Canada in pursuit of better work opportunities. His name is Mayank Tripathi. Welcome to the Working Adelaide Podcast, Mayank. It's such a pleasure having you here.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Vinky. It's my pleasure too. And thank you for the wonderful introduction.
1: Uh, Was uh, (laughs) 2015 Tour of Greece the first time we met?
0: Uh, I suppose so, yeah. 2015 was the first time we met. (laughs) A lot of of cyclists. (laughs) Yes,
1: we'll get there. But before that... During pandemic, like many others, you did a lot of uh, indoor uh, riding and racing on Zwift, right? And you started something called ISRT, uh, an Indian e-racing team, along with uh, your friend Rajendra Bhaskar. Uh, So, what is this about? Can you tell a bit about that?
0: Sure. So, like, as pandemic came, like, most of us... uh, Resorted to Zwift and a lot of other different indoor apps, mm. uh, and that happened to me as well. And I, I, I always wanted to join Zwift because it had the racing aspect in it, and uh, there's no other app which does that. And uh, the it gave me a perfect opportunity to just you know uh, get on the bandwagon and start zwifting and just explore what is it all about. Before that, I had my own reservations about Zwift because you know it, it was all, it, it's all virtual and't uh, didn't, somehow didn't make sense to me. So previous to that, I <clears throat> solely used to use trainer road. Now I use both. So I use trainer Road for my regular weekday training uh, and I like to do Zwift tracing on the weekends. So that's how I try try to you know keep my, uh, keep my training on track. So uh, once I started uh, racing on Zwift, I realized that you know there is <clears throat> there is a team aspect as well. A lot of people are in virtual teams, and uh, I started uh, you know search for a team to join, and I was fortunate to uh, get invitations from uh, some of the some of the good teams, and that was a very good learning experience because the way they used to team up and race uh, on the platform. It was very exciting. It was like, you know, they're they they were they're all on race radio and interacting with each other, uh, trying out different tactics uh, as a team and trying to, you know, uh, make some some one of the rider may win the race. Sometimes it used to be successful, sometimes not, but the whole experience used to be very good. Nice. And I also observed that a lot of countries have their own teams. And that that's when the idea uh, germinated, you know. And I, I saw that Rajendra was also very much active on Zwift, so we discussed about this, and uh, we, we, we thought that you know even India should have an e-racing team, and we should encourage this. And we also came to know that Zwift is planning to uh, you know include it in uh, in the Olympics in 2028. UCI does have virtual uh, national, virtual uh, road championship. So that is happening. So this might also happen if the Olympics give them a green flag. Uh, so that was uh, the thing which was in our mind and we wanted that e-racing should uh, should be encouraged because the, the good thing about it is it's very easy to get on Zwift. Very easy to get on the uh, racing thing. All you need to do is have is you need to have a bike, which everyone has, and you need a smart trainer. Right. And once you get a smart trainer, it, it's good for the next three to three to four years, or even more than that, if you maintain it well. So it's a it, it's an investment which is worth your. Uh, uh, it, it gives the best uh, uh, return in terms of uh, training benefits, I, I think. And so instead of you know buying probably a good carbon deep section wheel set, you can probably invest in a good smart trainer, which will give you more benefits uh, in terms of training. Right. So how, d- ultimately make you faster.
1: <laughs> how, how does uh, one get into this um, uh, Zwift team that you guys created?
0: So Zwift also has a third party called Zwiftpower.com. So they have all the results and they analyze uh, all the results that are uh, of the Zwift races on that website. Recently, they have taken over ZwiftPower.com. So Zwift owns ZwiftPower.com now. And uh, so on that platform, there are different, different teams. And uh, once you join the team, uh, you know, you you can differentiate yourselves wearing similar jerseys and uh, you communicate with each other using Discord. So Discord is, is an app which is used to interact with each other uh, with audio uh, interactions. Is it
1: a mobile app?
0: It's a mobile app. It's a mobile. It's also a desktop app. So if you are using uh, Discord on uh, your laptop, you can use Discord on your desktop app as well.
1: Very interesting. uh, uh, All this uh, virtual racing. uh, I I think in future, uh, we will see a lot more of this. Uh, yeah. and uh, once i think uh, you know there there are these aspects of uh, uh, people having to um, and when whenever there is racing there is a chance of people wanting to boast about doing well in those yeah. races so there is always that chance of uh, um, uh like uh, weight doping is a big thing uh, online Definitely. right so all these things uh, i think once these uh, people will uh, uh, find ways to cheat any any in any setup but right. i think um, i think there is a big prospect for this uh, going forward and uh, it's great to see uh, yeah. you know indian teams and uh, you know you guys leading the way here
0: um,
1: and, uh,
0: I think so, definitely working on, on that. So mm-hmm. they call it anti-sandbagging measures. Okay. Uh, so some, some of the important races, some big races that happened. So they try to ask people to double record their, uh, you know, their ride
2: mm-hmm.
0: with a smart trainer as well as a power meter. Okay. Just to check whether the, you know, you're not cheating. Okay. And Zwift power does a lot of, uh, anti-sandbagging. So once you start racing on Zwift, it has all your records, like when you have changed your weight, how much you have changed your weight, and if there's a lot of fluctuation, then they flag it and they'll, they'll probably ban you. Right. Uh, so these are some of the measures that they're taking. So,
1: some something similar to uh, the blood passport uh, for re- that UCI does, I think, for right. real races.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to make a passport of you. Right. They're trying to see when all you have changed your weight and how you've raised in the past. If you suddenly started performing extremely well, then again, that's a red flag. Yeah. Because you don't just get stronger overnight.
3: Correct. Correct.
0: To-
1: awesome, man. Uh, so, I think people can find the ISRT team or, uh, group on Facebook and they can join, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Anyone can join, and uh, we're planning to uh, ask Zwift to uh, have a, have official events of ISRT so that people can officially join races and group rides. And on group rides, we'll be we'll also be having some training rides just to tell people uh, you know how to ride in a bunch because riding in a bunch in Zwift is slightly different than in real life. Yeah. So. Just getting a hold of uh, how riding on Zwift is, how important it is to ride in a bunch, how important it is to not get dropped because once you're dropped, mostly your game is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and different tactics that are being played in a race. Uh, so we're just trying to get a community and start, uh, start teaching or whatever you can say, start guiding people and awesome. encouraging them and also we'll be uh, we're trying to put up a calendar for 2021 mm-hmm. so every month we'll try to have at least one event okay one fund race or something like that to you know get everyone excited and there are different categories a b c d based on their our uh, power profile. to weight
1: ratio right yeah
0: so that everyone is excited you know if there's a c rider, even he has something to uh, be mm-hmm. excited about
1: yeah i think uh something like uh handicap racing is also quite possible yeah, yeah. right
0: in- yes yes there are handicap races on Zwift also awesome so that is, uh,
1: yeah. yeah very exciting and uh, all the best uh, with that Thank you. now uh, let's when did you start uh, cycling uh
0: so i started cycling in the year 2012 uh, so before that i used to be a runner Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do so. My specialty used to be five kilometers and ten kilometers. Mm-hmm. I was not a marathoner. I was also not a sprinter. I was somewhere in the middle.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> and uh, I had an accident because of which uh, so it involved my left knee because of which uh, it had a meniscus tear and ligament tear and all those things. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, I was advised not to run a lot. And I also couldn't uh, do a lot of running. So 5Ks was still fine, but not more than that. And even that used to be painful. So I was like, okay, let's give it a break and uh, have to find something new. So I found tennis. I started playing lawn tennis. But, uh, you know, so I, from, the ch- from my childhood itself, I always wanted to be, you know, like the best in what I do. Whatever sport I'm playing, I wanted to be the best. So... In school, I used to be the best runner, so that was okay, fine, I'm good. <laughs> and then, when running stopped, uh, tennis came, but I wasn't that good in tennis, okay, fine. I, I could go till state level, but not more than that. I, I knew my capabilities, I'm not I'm not going to achieve a lot in tennis. I still do, I still love the sport, but I wanted to find something different. So I had an old bike at home, which I used to use for just as, just normal riding. I had a Hero Hawk. Uh, I just gave it a spin one day, rode some 20-25 kilometers, and surprisingly there was no knee pain. Uh, and that is something that really uh, excited me, and I thought, okay, let, this is something that I need to explore. Next day again, I did around 30 kilometers, and again there was no knee pain. And then I was like, okay, let's 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 get serious here, and <laughs> I started exploring about Indian cycling, what it What's, you know, what is it all about? Uh, what kind of races are hap- are happening? I-, I knew about Tour de France just like any layman knows about what Tour de France is, but not too much in detail. And uh, I came across Loki at that time, uh, even NJ. And uh, <clears throat> I was like, okay, these are the guys in India. So I need to get a good bike for that. <laughs> I asked my parents, but they were not. They were not convinced of me. they were like, just try this one and uh, that's it. And, uh, I did that. Okay. I, I had to, you know, <laughs> be happy with all what I had. <clears throat> so I used to do 30, 40 kilometer rides almost every day. And, uh, then I came to know about Strava. Then I joined Strava started doing my rides over there, uh, it had the social aspect, but I hardly had any followers, <laughs> so even a single kudos used to be like an achievement like okay i 've got a kudos today <laughs> and i i I belong to jodhpur uh, Rajas- in Rajasthan, so I used to do riding over there, and hardly any cyclists are there uh, were there at that time over in that city. Mm-hmm. Everyone used to be like Who's this guy and i had a I had a helmet which was uh, not a proper helmet. It was uh, a very thin one, which uh, the brand was Yonex. It it was not a full shell helmet. It was just a very thin one. And uh, I, one day I met with an accident uh, because my, somehow my brake lever fell and it got into my front wheel and my front wheel jammed. Wow. You know how it fell off. And I just got toppled over and my back got really badly bruised
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then the bike also broke and then my parents were like okay now this guy has gone crazy and he he, he won't stop and then they got me a, a new bike which was Scott uh, Speedster 50. Okay. At that time it was around 45,000 bucks mm-hmm. including all the accessories and everything so that was a big deal for them you know. I also got admission uh, in Nirma at that time uh, for my MBA. Okay. So that was 2013. Uh, then I took admission over there. So that is when I got, I got my bike basically. So it was kind of a gift for, you know, going to MBA. So I was like, I, I don't want a two-wheeler. I don't want a, want a motorcycle. I don't want a bike. Just give me a bicycle. I'm good <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, okay, it makes sense. Uh, so they gave me the bike. And then I started uh, cycling over there in Ahmedabad. Uh, there were more cyclists. I got to meet a lot of riders. I got to know how to how to actually ride properly, uh, how to ride in a group. I didn't even know that there is a wind aspect. There's a there's a peloton, and you know you need to save yourself from the wind. So gradually I started learning, and yeah, that that's when my journey started.
1: So uh, in Ahmedabad is, in 2013 is more, uh, you know, you got into all these aspects. You, in that year, you also went and participated uh, in nationals.
0: Uh, yeah. In so in Gujarat, there, was, there were no people, not many people at that time, you know, racing. And uh, since I used to run, so I had that base formed. I had that stamina in me. So that helped me in cycling also. Uh, suddenly, you know, there was a guy who was riding a whale and, uh, you know, beating them. So they were like, okay, you're good, but you need to learn a few things. <laughs> and they said, okay, let, let's go to Nationals. And somehow uh, they were uh, able to manage that. And uh, I went to Nationals. I didn't have any cleats or anything. I was in my sports shoes, and everyone in the peloton was watching me, like, who's this guy? <laughs> Is, is, he, is he a localite? He's just joined the race and, and just normal loose jerseys and normal shorts and I was wearing sports shoes. But uh, it, it was a 120 kilometer race that I remember. It was in Rotak. I was there in the lead bunch till the last 30 kilometers and then I had a flat, uh, unfortunately. Okay. So I had to I had to quit. <laughs> but a yeah, few people did did uh, recognize me that day that you the guy who you, who was in sports shoes right in the peloton I was like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice quite a yes. quite a story there <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: so uh, from there you uh, in 2014 you took part in a thousand kilometer brevet. how yeah, did yeah. that happen like yes Within a year thousand kilometers what was the biggest ride before that
0: uh, so i'll tell you uh in twenty so my first century came in came in a uh, four hundred kilometer brevet that was uh, <laughs> in the year twenty thirteen itself i guess okay yeah twenty thirteen itself uh after the nationals mm-hmm.
3: uh
0: so uh, i i came to know about these brevets, long distance uh, you know and since i was also a long distance runner you know i'm not i don't consider 510k to be long distance now but at that time i used to consider that okay 10 kilometers is long distance so i was like okay i, I can be good at long distance cycling and 400 kilometers it will be like an adventure let's do it and at that time my maximum was 70 72 kilometers uh, i just gave it a shot over oh, there, I met Viju uh, and Rajiv. Viju uh, Varghese. Viju Varghese, yes. That was the first time I met him. <laughs> and uh, so it was in Delhi. I had to uh, go over there. Uh, and I didn't know the route properly. Mm-hmm. I had the queue sheet and everything, but I didn't know which turns are there and when to take the right turn. I, and I also didn't want to get lost. I had my bus uh reservation uh and it was, uh, it, was it was like right after 20, 24 hours i guess from the start from the start time i had the bus so i had to make sure that i have to finish within 20 hours so that i have four hours to you know take a bath go to the hotel and just rush to the bus depot so i just had to finish it somehow in 20 hours okay <laughs> I had that in mind so i wanted to be with the fastest rider in the in the in the railway so i was trying to stay in the lead bunch and the lead bunch obviously kept becoming smaller and smaller and and at the end it was just three of us viju rajiv and i and both of them they were looking at me they were like who are you (laughs) (laughs) i i didn't respond because i was panting (laughs) i'm like okay okay keep going keep going and then after half an hour uh, they were like uh, they introduced themselves like i'm Viju, i'm rajiv and uh, are you sure you're going to stay with us because we are going quite fast and we won't stop for meals and all those things we have energy bars we'll just eat that and i was like what you're not going to have lunch or dinner <laughs> how am i going to survive right and, uh, they were like yeah i mean if you want to stay with us uh, you have to deal with that you have and I, I did have sneakers with me, but I didn't expect that. That's only going to be my meal, and mm-hmm. I won't have anything else. But I wanted to stay with them because they were the fastest riders, and I didn't know the whole thing properly. So mm-hmm. I somehow stuck with them. They were like, "We won't take many breaks, okay?" I was like, "Okay, okay, fine. I'll try to stick with you guys." I and I did, and uh, I told them that I've not ridden a lot, you know, not even done hundred before this. And they were totally surprised that you you crazy, man. I mean, you're doing 400, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm doing 400. <coughs> uh, yeah, somehow time went by and uh, they also reduced their pace. Obviously, initially you have that adrenaline, you go fast and then gradually you slow down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was also feeling comfortable. They offered me a few you know, gels and energy bars of their own so yeah. that uh, uh, no, I, I'm not uh, famished. Right. So, and then they also did, they also did a small dal meal at mm-hmm. the night.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And we rode through the night and we ultimately, you know, in the morning, it was like, I was asking them that, please come, please come. I have to bus to catch. <laughs> please don't sleep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because they used to sleep for a uh, stop for tea or something. They used to take a small five, 10 minute nap. And I was like, please guys i need to go <laughs> i'll miss my bus <laughs> yeah so we we managed to finish uh, in around 19 hours uh, so i had enough time to
1: awesome That's-
0: things up and go. so that was the first experience of long distance cycling and i was uh, in love with long distance and i thought that i i have to you know think seriously about this and uh, do more of these rides obviously at that time you feel really bad you think that i'm never going to do it but Mm. later on when you look back to the ride and you see that you know how exciting it was and Mm. i I wanted to do more longer rides and that is when i came to know about this thousand kilometer ride which was uh, from india gate to vaga border and back Mm -hmm. and i haven't i have not ever gone to waga border so that was again an exciting thing for me that i have not even gone to punjab ever so riding in punjab going to waga border was also an adventure so
1: waga border is uh, you know border uh, between india and pakistan right
0: india yeah, and pakistan border right right where they not do pakistan.
1: ceremony. Uh, there is a gate and they do a yes. ceremonious um, yes 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 uh, salute and all that
0: yeah, so, I, I wanted to see that I, although I couldn't because uh, <laughs> didn't have a lot of time, I just went there, did a meal, and turned back.
3: Okay.
1: So, um, how uh, were you able to? So, were were there gradual increases of distances uh, leading up to that uh, thousand
0: uh, brevet? Uh, no, before that, four hundred was the only maximum distance I, I okay. had. So after, okay. After. After 70 came 400. After 400 came thousand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quite a bit, and uh, you were able to complete it without uh, any issues. That
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to, and you can say most of it. Like first hundred kilometers, I was in a group, and then I was all alone for the rest 900 kilometers. Oh, so I did. I did most of it alone.
1: Okay so not enough uh, riders to
0: uh,
3: give you conscience. yeah there were just
0: seven riders and they were uh, one of them was ahead of me and the rest were behind okay so i was just trying to catch the guy ahead of me but i could never catch him okay and the guys who were behind me they could never catch me so okay. somehow i was the only guy riding on my own
1: how how old were you at that time
0: i was uh, 24
1: or 25.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Very young to be doing all those distances, but uh, th- that's what got you uh, excited. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
1: you in uh, April uh, 2014, there uh, you met with a accident of sort. What was that?
0: Yes. So I used to do my regular training rides. Uh, when I was in Nirma uh, during my MBA
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just one day I I was doing my regular training ride and actually don't have the memory of how I had the crash mm. because I had a minor concussion. Uh, I also had a minor fracture on my skull. So okay. I don't actually, till date, I don't remember what actually happened,
2: mm.
0: but uh, looking at the bike, the aero bars were damaged. So it must have been, you know, related to, mm-hmm. I might have lost my balance or some vehicle must have, must have struck me. Okay. But other than, that, other than the aerobars, there was no damage to the bike. And the only damage was on me. <laughs> okay. I lost my front two teeth. So if you see, my teeth are also uh, all fake.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So near from uh, a training ride.
0: Yeah, it was just a training ride. And uh, I had a nose fracture, I had a skull one, and I lost my two teeth.
1: Wow. So wh- something
0: to do with my face.
1: Okay. Were, were your uh, uh, what was your parents' reaction uh, then? Were they worried that? Uh-
0: yeah, they were. They were. They, they were like, just quit. Quit this sport. It, it's very dangerous. Yeah. But uh, you know, since I was not living with them, I was I was a little far from them. So I had some independence of my own, and I was like, please leave me now. I mean, you know i'm a grown up i know what what's good for me and what's not right. and uh, i'll be more safe in the future you know okay. i'll try to be more safe on the road i won't do anything like that uh, again right so they're like okay fine and and, and then they know right. how what kind of a person i am because if i'm passionate about something i won't leave it
3: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Th- thankfully, uh, good that, uh, you know, those incidents did not uh, deter you. In, yeah, yeah. in 2015, you, uh, uh, is when I kind of first met you in tour of yeah. Nilgiris. What uh, what got you interested in uh, uh, that?
0: So, Andhavad is, again, all flat, right? Mm-hmm. There are no climbs. And I had never done a climb in my life other than just doing flyovers. So that was the only thing which attracted me towards Nilgiris, and I had never gone down south ever in my life. Mm-hmm. So I also wanted to explore that. I had a few friends who talked very well, talked very high about TFM that, you know, it's a very good tour. It's, mu- it's a mu- must do uh, if you're a cyclist and, you know, uh, if you're trying to be good at the sport, you should definitely. This is something that happens in India, which is India should be proud of it. And uh, I was like, okay, fine, I'll <laughs> do it. I signed up and uh, got the invitation because it's invitation based. Right. And uh, there I got to meet a lot of riders. Obviously, no one knew me. I knew just a few of uh, you guys. I knew you, I knew a few other riders as well. And the first time I did a climb was on day two. I also have a picture of that (laughs) in my movie star jersey. And I was, I just hated that. I was like, what is this? Initially, I obviously didn't like climbing uh, because I'm also like 70, 75 kgs and uh, slightly on the heavier side. Not very heavy, but slightly on the heavier side. So I didn't quite like the, the whole concept of climbing. It is also
1: a shock to the system, right? From a flyover yeah. to an actual client.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got cramps, uh, and I was like, "What is this? I, I didn't even know what is a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening to my calf muscles? There's some pain in this, and uh, it was horrible. So after you know, after this segment, people told me that you 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 have a you've had a cramp. So you know, drink some water, take some electrolytes, eat some food, and uh, you know you should be in a proper gear ratio i i was grinding very you know profusely hardly i was having some 40 50 cadence now mm-hmm. that i remember obviously i didn't know at that time what is cadence yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah then but with some practice by the time TFN was over i was in love with climbs because uh, so kalhart is a totally <laughs> different story but <laughs> before all uh, before kalhart all the climbs that i did I started liking the whole thing. Uh, Once I got the right gear ratio Mm -hmm. figured out, then I was like, okay, now this is, this is interesting. And, uh, you know, I have to pace myself. This is another thing that I was learning. So TFN was a a big learning curve for me. And uh, I was a totally different cyclist after TFN. I started taking the sport more seriously, trying to learn more about the sport. Uh, the competitive side of it and uh, yeah tfn was uh, has a huge role in me growing as a cyclist
1: i mean that that statement you know uh, i i was a completely different uh, cyclist after you know before and after tfn is yeah. so true for many uh, including me uh, yeah. i can attest yeah read your story <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and um, Kalahati... You know, uh, from uh, uh, flyovers to Kalahati. How was your first Kalahati experience? I
0: I was, you know, hearing people saying that, you know, Kalahati is coming, Kalahati is coming, day four, Kalahati is there. I'm like, okay, it's just a climb. I mean, why is everyone having such a, you know, talking so much about Kalahati? It's okay, it's just a climb. What, 12 kilometers, it's okay. I've been doing two, three, four, five kilometer climbs. It's a 12 kilometer climb.
3: We'll do
0: it and when we had that break right before the at the base of Kalahati, mm-hmm. we have a short break and then uh, you start yeah. with the staggered start correct then i saw that oh my god what what is this it's like a wall in front of you i'm like i'm not going to do this how <laughs> am i mean, how am i going to climb this it's so it's going to be very steep and uh, it's very high I couldn't even see the top because of the clouds yeah. and uh, that really was area initially that I know this is getting serious now and uh, I should really <laughs> think about my you know how am I going to ride it and I knew that best of the riders do it in one hour so I think I thought okay if I can even do it in two hours it's 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 good for me
3: mm-hmm.
0: because I, I knew I won't be able to do it in one go without stopping yeah. I will have to stop yeah and uh, yeah i started okay types and uh, then I immediately the moment the ele- elevation kicked up i was on the easiest gear and on that also i was grinding somehow just surviving going 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 <laughs> i was crossing a few people few people were crossing me also and they were encouraging me that come on come on go 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 and uh, then there's there's a railway crossing in between,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that is when I decided to take a break there, and mm-hmm. I met K K R over there. So he offered me a this uh, orange minute made orange juice. Mm-hmm. So I sat there for five minutes, had that, and then again I took off. Mm-hmm. I that time I I just I took one hour forty minutes. So I had targeted two hours. I got one hour forty minutes. I was happy with it.
1: Not bad old. at all.
0: My yeah. job is done. <laughs>
1: Not bad at all. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, an experience that uh, one would never forget, uh, yeah, especially yeah. the f- first one. I remember my first one there. Uh, it was uh, something that I wouldn't forget. Uh, it's quite <laughs> a scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, 2016, um, after TFN, uh, you yeah. did a lot of uh, brevets. And um, you also—that was the year first you did uh, something of a race in long distance, right? Desert yes,
0: 500. Yes. That was Desert 500. Yeah. How was that experience? So I—I I, I was in a dilemma, sort of a thing, because I loved racing. I loved mm-hmm. the racing part uh, aspect, doing 30-40 kilometer races. I did a lot of them in Ahmedabad, mm-hmm. and I also like long distance and. I was confused, like there are no long distance races and desert 500 was the one, you know, Uh, it was a long distance race Mm. and it was also a RAM qualifier. I didn't know what RAM is. Uh, It was a RAM qualifier. So Mm. then I came to know, okay, RAM is something like, you know, it's it's the hardest race or the longest, toughest race in the world. And this is a qualifier for it. So. I mean, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's a long distance event; it's a race, so all uh, all boxes ticked uh, right. when to do it. No, no planning in place. I didn't know anything about you know how to manage your crew, and then I came to know okay, I need to have a crew for it. So I asked a few friends in Ahmedabad that if they could crew me. Mm-hmm. They fortunately agreed to do that, right. uh, and. Uh, Yeah, I went at the start line and uh, I started a little hard. Uh, I had a good lead initially, Mm -hmm. but uh, like even the first TS, the first uh, checkpoint I reached before the organizers, Okay, I had to wait for the organizers Mm -hmm. to come and sign my card. Although it was just five minutes, but I reached before them. So I was going really fast Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a mistake that I did. I didn't pace it well. Right, I went too hard too soon, and uh, because of that, I paid the price later on. So, by the time it was evening, I started bonking, no nutrition, I, like my body was not responding to any nutrition, anything, mm-hmm. and uh, I was getting frustrated. I was kind of getting a fever as well. Okay. And that is when uh, I decided that okay, it's time, uh, I'm not, I don't think I'll be able to do it because night time in rajasthan it gets really cold mm-hmm. and i didn't even have proper clothing right uh, to save myself from the cold so like i'm i'm definitely not going to survive the cold mm-hmm. and uh, it will be wise to you know just quit okay. here and go back home
1: how how much uh, did you cover by that time before you uh,
0: just 240 or 250 kilometers at that time
1: okay so, uh, since you were the experience uh, till there in ter- in terms of racing was short distance, mm-hmm. yeah. you you were uh, going a little too hard uh, yeah. for for a five hundred kilometer race. Yeah, it
0: um, was it was a, a six eighty four kilometer. so, so desert five hundred. Okay. Uh, so so the name of the event is Desert Five Hundred, but the Ram qualifier was six eighty four kilometers.
3: Okay. Okay. Excellent. You had to
0: do it in 28 hours.
1: Okay. So that if you do uh, 684 kilometers in 28 hours, you would qualify for RAM. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the pacing was off and you also did not uh, have uh, proper nutrition. Proper nutrition. Spicy food in
0: lunch. Hmm. (laughs) Roadside spicy food in lunch is definitely a very bad idea.
1: (laughs) Right. So a lot of, um, so I think failures, uh, they say failures teach us more than uh, successes. So I guess you uh, understood uh, the Mm -hmm. importance of pacing, nutrition, and uh, having the right gear, everything in like one
0: race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a learning, again, learning experience. I failed miserably Mm -hmm. and uh, then I thought that I need to go back home and Plan it properly. This is not the way. I'll ultra race. So then I came to know. You know, this is an ultra race. Right. So it's a different kind of a race, and you need to approach it differently. Different. It's not a race that you go hard from the go from the yeah. moment they say go. Yeah. You need to pace it properly. And
1: yeah. Amazing. So in 2017, you took part in LEL London
0: Edinburgh London
1: which is a yeah. 1,600 kilometer ride, right? It's
0: a uh, 1,400 kilometer. Now it is 1,500. But at that time, it was 1,400.
1: 1,400 kilometer ride. And uh, what wh- what was uh, uh, your experience there? What happened?
0: So I, I obviously heard about PBP because I was doing Breves. Mm-hmm. And I also heard about LEL. So LEL also happens every four years, once every four years. Right. And It was happening in 2017 so I was like okay fine let's do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had never gone to a different country so that Mm -hmm. was again uh, an exciting thing that okay let's go to London and you know explore a new country. Uh, Yeah I went there I also got a new bike. Uh, Track and trail was uh, kind enough to offer me a bike for LEL. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they gave me a Ridley uh, Phoenix SL. Okay. Uh, so yeah it was it was a brand new bike, just a one month old bike that I took to liel uh, The whole event was going quite well. I sort of had my nutrition sorted out uh, I had proper gear i I knew that it's going to be really cold in London, although it's summer, but it gets really cold in the nights, yeah yeah yeah, in the nights, and, and especially on a few of the climbs, it gets very foggy and really cold, so you need to be having proper gear. Mm-hmm. uh everything was going well you know and uh i was among the uh the indians who were leading uh at least the indian contingent so ahead of me there was no one i was the only guy ahead and uh at around 980 kilometer mark i had a very bad crash so i, I was with a bunch which was which was going really fast mm-hmm. and. Uh, i was ahead and i took a right turn it it was a countryside road so i right. couldn't see what's there on the right side once i turned and there was a car coming from the opposite side
3: oh okay
0: and i took a turn <laughs> just like i we you know we we turn in races right we don't brake. i mean we just tilt our bikes and you know uh, just take the turn mm. and uh, i hardly i didn't even get time to uh, press the brakes i right. just uh, collided into the car and uh, the windshield also broke and the bike also the bike wheel flew off in some farm wow, <laughs> wow. and uh, i had a knee fracture very bad again the, the same knee which was injured previously before i started cycling the same hey. knee got injured again wow and uh I was like, okay, my, obviously the ride is over for me, mm. but uh, I need to figure out how I go back to London now. Okay. But the localites, they were kind enough. They they called an ambulance and mm-hmm. uh, then I went to the nearest hospital. Okay. They took proper care of me. Then they sent me to LAL officials. Then LAL officials somehow managed my ride back to London. Okay. And uh, then I somehow <laughs> spent uh, the next seven days because my flight was after seven days.
1: Right, okay. Seven
0: days I was just lying in an Airbnb room, just doing nothing.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, must be the hardest.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tough time for me. Uh,
1: Did you have the... Uh, the uh, the fracture on the knee, the surgery and all happened there, or? Uh...
0: Yeah, so I had the option of having the surgery there, but then I had to stay there for another three weeks. Okay. They allowed me to fly.
3: Correct. Okay.
0: After the surgery. Mm-hmm. So I had to wait for seven days, not doing anything to right. the knee because uh, it had to be like it needed surgery. Right. had to take care of it so you got
1: back and then got the surgery done yeah
0: yeah immediately i guess after two days itself i had the surgery once i landed
1: so how how long did it take to recover from that
0: uh so this happened in august and uh i got on the bike in the in in the month of feb almost I can say four five months
1: okay but um, by this time, were you? Uh, did you start working somewhere? Uh,
0: so, 2015, I passed out from mm-hmm. my MBA. Uh-huh. Then I started working with Decathlon. Uh, I helped them to open a new store in Baroda, okay. which is a city near to Ahmedabad. Right. Uh, I helped them to uh, set up the whole cycling department, the between department over there. Mm-hmm help their sales team to all the product, uh, training, uh, teaching them about cycling and how to sell products and <laughs> all those things. Yeah. That was a good experience for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I came to TFN, I was actually a Decathlon employee at that time. Okay. And then I left Decathlon. I joined another company, mm-hmm. which was in Mumbai. So for, for one year I was in Mumbai okay. and then I moved to Pune. Okay. And then I switched to another job. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so yeah all this while I have I was working and uh, you
1: you were doing all these uh, rides while managing
0: work Uh, and stuff I used to utilize all my leaves for all these adventures
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right so all all, uh, you know uh, cyclists and runners I think uh, that's how that's what we do with all our leaves right (laughs) these crazy events we sign
3: up for
0: Yeah. yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs>
1: so in 2018, um, so you got back uh, on the bike after that uh, f- fracture and stuff, and you took part in uh, Tour of Glory, right? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, supposed to mm-hmm. join there, and uh, at the last minute, I had to drop off, uh, because my, oh. I think at that time, my kid, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Was not well. The last day, I had to say call off. You know, okay. So so I couldn't be part of it. How was that experience of
3: that uh, race?
0: (coughs) So before that, I'll go back a little. Uh, Mm -hmm. Once I once I was recovering, Mm -hmm. uh, then a friend of mine, uh, Sameer, uh, from Mumbai. So he introduced me to, you know, indoor cycling. I obviously knew about indoor cycling that people, you know, train on indoor trainers.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, They even do warm ups before time trials. So I used to, I I knew that, you know, there are indoor trainers, but I was never encouraged to do that or, you know, buy a trainer. Like if I want to do warm up, I'll just ride the road, ride the route for an IDT and then just uh, get warmed up. I don't need a trainer or anything. And how can someone train being indoors when cycling, the sport itself is outdoors. How can you train for it indoors? So the whole thing didn't make sense to me So I had never resorted to an indoor trainer, but so he really changed my mind that, you know, at least try doing this because you're recovering from an injury. You're coming back to the sport after five months. Right. Uh, So first start with an indoor trainer and then you go out. Mm and then i came to know about power based training as well <laughs> before that i didn't have a power meter i never cared about what my power is what my ftp is all all those things yeah introduced me to to this app called trainer road and uh, he told me like you know you know get a mm-hmm. trainer which records your power as well because you you'll need that mm-hmm. i got a kinetic uh, road machine smart mm-hmm. uh and, uh, yeah, I started doing trainer road. So he challenged me like, if you can do this workout, you're a good cyclist. I, I used to do that workout. And then I used to tell him that I did it and then you see, okay, now do this workout. And so in that ways, you know, he kept me engaged and, uh, he kept challenging me. So I took it as a challenge that, okay, yeah, I can do it
3: mm.
0: because I, I never used to consider indoor cycling as very challenging. Right. And uh, I, I did think that, you know, even one hour or two or one, one and a half hours of indoor cycling used to be a lot for me. Yeah. I, for for starting.
1: most people, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it is. Uh, but it is also challenging and it is making you stronger and faster. So right. like I yeah, it makes sense. So and I always took it as a challenge every time in riding indoors that you know it is making me stronger, it is making me faster. So if you're going through the pain, if you're going through disgust and all those things, then go through it because this is what you need to go through to get better. Mm -hmm. And I, I made up my mind that, you know, indoor cycling is not bad. It is good. Right. And I always used to remind myself, no, it is good. No, it is good. It is not bad. It is good. It is good. And it came to a point that I am now like indoor (laughs) (laughs) indoor cycling and uh, training indoors. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, that change of mind, that psychological uh, training helped me. And uh, Traineroad app also has to get the credit for that because it really kept me engaged. So it has some in-right instructions that keep coming up. Yeah. So you read them and you keep getting motivated. And he exactly knows how you're feeling during the interval. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells you that, you know, do these, do these uh, cadence drills so that you feel good get yeah. off the bike, get off the saddle and yeah. uh, do, this, do some backpedaling. Yeah. So it is a
1: very good app. Uh, you know, one of the first uh, few apps uh, that uh, got into the space and it's yeah. a very, very effective uh, app for yeah. those yeah. who want to look at...
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, in and it places. had training plans. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a routine kind of a guy. So, I love routines. Mm. I love to in a routine and i don't mind the monotonous monotony of uh, a routine and uh, following a training plan is like i used to follow it by heart religiously i didn't even used to miss a single workout a single interval i should do each and every one of them and uh, that really helped me to become you know stronger and then i started to target more and more races Mm. in a more structured way. Uh, trying to get my peak performance at the time of the Mm. event. And that is how I planned for Tour of Glory.
3: Okay,
1: that's excellent uh, insight because you were coming back from uh, 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 injury that kept you off, uh, a horrible crash that kept you off the bike for Mm. five months and uh, got introduced to indoor cycling, which is perfect for someone who is... uh, uh, coming back from an injury, or has an injury, like uh, you know, uh, if you, uh, if for people who break their clavicles and stuff, which is a kind of a typical uh, cyclist injury, they they immediately get onto a trainer and continue riding because they can. So that that's excellent, and you got into a, a structured training as well because of. Uh, uh, riding indoors and using a, a, a training a trainer road app and that's that's what got you uh, prepared for uh, events that uh, followed like uh, tour of glory yeah. so yeah coming to that um, how was that experience you did quite well if i remember correctly
0: yeah uh, again that was uh... I knew what kind of an event it's going to be and what kind of riders are are there uh, because it was the second edition. I, mm-hmm. If I'm right.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is correct.
0: Yeah, uh, the first stage uh, I was uh, in the breakaway, so <laughs> it was good. So just the four of us were there in the breakaway, and uh, it went well. Uh, who, who all? Uh, mm-hmm. KKR uh craig Anubhav, and i yeah so
3: it was actually a
0: breakaway which i initiated Mm -hmm. uh, on a flyover and then kkr counter-attacked and then i followed his wheel and then few of us just uh so that is how the breakaway formed and uh, that was quite fast the stage one was all flat Mm -hmm. Uh, we averaged almost 46 kmph for 96 kilometers oh, wow. very, very fast race <laughs> yeah. uh, i got dropped i guess in the last 10-15 kilometers mm-hmm. so i came fourth on all four days oh yeah <laughs> yeah and overall also i came fourth uh, so craig didn't register in the master's category he registered in the elite category because of which yeah <laughs> <laughs> I
1: <loved the> <laughs> right right yeah because uh, he he always looks for uh, the most competition he can get and he's quite strong so. yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah but uh, that that's uh, that's great uh, and you have you finished you started as fourth and you uh, retained that uh, through the uh, tour yeah yeah, the, yeah. There were,
0: They were climbing itts also uh, again KKR used to just fly off <laughs> I was like, I don't know how am I going to <laughs> challenge this guy. So let me just do my own race. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Hey, so in uh, uh, 2019 seemed to be a kind of uh, another pivotal year for you in terms of um, uh, you took part in Ultra Spice race, uh, hundred thousand uh, thousand kilometer uh, race and you yeah. uh, completed it in 54 hours 32 minutes and qualified for ram how yeah. was that uh, experience
0: uh, so i would say that is one of the races that was uh, perfectly executed not perfectly executed but the best that i have done in terms of managing the crew managing my own ride manage my nutrition
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, again i'll have to go back a little a few months back yeah i dnf'd in the deccan cliffhanger uh Which was in 2018 November. Okay. And I was training for Deccan Cliff for the last six months, so I had planned my peak, uh, my peak performance to be in Deccan Cliff Hanger. But uh, unfortunately, I started having knee issues towards the end, so okay. I had to DNF at around 470 kilometer mark. Deccan Cliff I- is 650 kilometer, right? Now. Right. This. So-
1: Okay. So, you, you, around for, uh, six, out of 650, around 450? Uh, you... 470.
0: At 470, I had to DNF. Okay. Uh, I, like, I was riding fine. I was in the second place at that time when I was mm. dnf Right. So, I was going fine, but uh, my knees started to hurt really bad and uh, sort of got swollen also. So, I thought that, you know, I don't want to mess it up.
1: Was it the same knee that you had? Uh, yes, yes,
0: crashed? yes, It was the same knee. Oh, okay. Oh. So I don't know why it happened, but uh, I didn't want to take any risks.
3: Yeah, that makes didn't want
0: sense. To jeopardize my future races.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
0: So I took a call, like, that's okay. Right. And then that motivated me to, you know, now train for the Ultra Spice race. So initially, um, I wanted to do 1750 mm-hmm. kilometer. But then I thought that it will be good to just do 1000 kilometers, right? Because I'm DNFing in DNF, DNFing, DNFing in <laughs> 650 yeah. kilometers yeah. and I'm aspiring to do 1750. So let's just let's first do thousand and then think of the right. distance. Yeah. And again, uh, so during all this, I also, I was also doing this WSSM series. So it's a series of seven races that used to happen every month.
3: Okay. Mm.
0: so it it was suiting my training mm. program, like my training plan perfectly, like every four weeks i'm getting a race, yeah, so three weeks I'm doing my normal uh training block, one week I'm recovering, and I'm doing a race after fourth timing yeah. your
1: uh, uh race at the end of the rest week yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so that was perfect mm-hmm. uh, I did. Win one of the races right after the Deccan Cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. So that, was a, that was a motivation booster. Right. And then uh, I guess before, that was before, uh, j- right before, between Deccan Cliffhanger and Ultra Spice Race. I mm-hmm. was uh, mm-hmm. also training for the Ultra Spice Race. Right. Again, tried to get a, lo- a local, try to, uh, not the peak performance, but close to peak performance for the Ultra Spice. I didn't want to, I did lose some fitness mm-hmm. after, after decking cliffhanger, but I quickly uh, got back the power uh, in a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And an uh, Ultra Spice, uh, I was fortunate to get a very good crew. So definitely the credit goes to my crew because what happens in an Ultra race is that you need to each and every time tell your crew that do this do this do this the rider doesn't have to do that you know if, if the rider is instructing crew members then it's like he's not able to concentrate you know in his own race correct the crew should be self sufficient they should be tell helping the riders not the he- rider should not be helping the crew <laughs> <laughs> just uh, uh,
1: before uh, we go on the ultra space experience just a small thing uh, did you had to uh, do anything to uh, take care of the knee in this uh, after uh, the, kind of? no so i just
0: took some rest a uh, few days rest and uh, the swelling the, the, the swelling actually went off uh, within 24 hours
3: okay okay it
0: was just probably just soreness or uh, maybe i was just going a little hard right
1: Okay, whatever, yeah. using injury of some sorts, yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Let Let's go ahead with the uh, yeah. ultra spice.
0: So, just to let you know, so I still have those screws in my knee. <laughs> ah. After the surgery, the in twenty eighteen.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Aerial crash. So mm-hmm. They inserted two screws inside. One of them is. Uh, a little superficial and one of them is too deep but okay. so the one which is superficial that is some that is what causes the pain
1: okay so do uh, do they stay uh, like that forever or how is that I,
0: I have the option of getting that the superficial one removed okay uh, but it will again need a minor surgery so i am just avoiding that Okay. i can get it done but i'll probably do it when i am off the right
3: okay further.
0: Right. I d- I didn't want to waste my you know my training and all, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, it is fine uh, staying in there. But
0: it is fine. It is fine. Okay. I got it checked and mm-hmm. uh, like it's okay. All right. If you want to remove, we can remove it. But I was like, no, I'll 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 wait. It's okay. 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 <laughs> Good.
1: Is it uh, like titanium? <laughs> yes. Right. Maybe it makes you stronger. Uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah, we were talking about crew, the importance of crew in um, ultra
3: spice yeah.
0: yeah. So we had uh, six people in my crew, mm-hmm. including my wife. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of the five guys were all cyclists. So mm-hmm. That also helped. Mm-hmm. They knew how I know how am I feeling? How am I riding? They knew me as a person. They knew me as a rider.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they were all from Pune. I, I was living in Pune at that time. Right. And my wife she knows very well about my nutrition uh she knows what i need when i need what i like to eat what i like to drink
2: mm-hmm.
0: so she helped with my nutrition and the other guys they helped with uh, everything else like mechanical and uh, navigation motivating me mm-hmm. planning how fast i go how slow i go whatever yeah uh, I I did very I paced the uh, the race very well. I was I went uh, easy in the beginning and uh, kept on kept on maintaining that pace, not going too too hard, uh, not burning my matchsticks, and just making sure that you know I'm going easy. I'm enjoying the race. Mm-hmm. You're constantly interacting with me. Yeah. Talking with me and uh, you know encouraging me, so that was a plus. They were managing themselves on their own. I didn't have to tell them that you know do this, do this. I want that. I want this.
3: Yeah.
0: They were. They knew that you know this. I'm I'm doing a climb, so I need this. Mm-hmm. I'm going downhill, so I need this. Now you know. Uh, so each and every time, time they were there for me. I didn't have to ask that. You know, I want this. You're not giving me this. What is yeah. this happening?
1: So. And, um- most of the planning seemed to have gone before the event. There
0: was obviously a lot of planning done beforehand. Yeah, uh, even one night before <laughs> the race, we were doing all the planning and
1: making yeah.
0: sure. Yeah,
1: the, the, the more well prepared you are before, the you know, easier it gets to kind of execute yeah. that while. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is, the event is going on that's instead of yeah. running around thinking what to do now and stuff like that right
0: absolutely yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent so, so you few, like there were a few hiccups in between <laughs> mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. sorry so that's the beauty of ultra of ultra races you know yeah. that you cannot nail them perfectly yeah. something will go wrong and you have to accept that
3: Right, something
0: will not happen the way you want it to happen
3: yeah
0: so I wanted to finish in like 48 hours and I was off my time a little,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like after seven till 700 kilometers, I was on the, on my track, mm-hmm. I wasn't losing time, mm-hmm. but after 700, uh, it was nighttime and it was, uh, this, uh, job false descent was, there, uh-huh. and over there, uh, It was kind of cold and humid sort of a weather, which was very weird because I didn't know whether to wear my jacket or whether to get off it. Right. (laughs) And I was obviously fatigued and uh, going downhill was very tricky because there were small stones on the road. So I had to be very cautious of them Mm -hmm. and it was nighttime, so I couldn't see. Mm. So I lost my temper a little and I was like, I was getting frustrated on them, on the crew that, you know, some something I was just just abusing them. They you're not helping me, and uh, something is <laughs> happening, and I'm I, I don't want to ride, and then <laughs> they scolded me that yeah, you you better you know not uh, do this, do mm-hmm. these tantrums, and just just ride properly. Yeah. If you want something, just tell us, we'll give you. Mm-hmm. But don't do these tantrums, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I took some rest at that time, and. Uh, So there, I lost some time because of which I couldn't do it in my targeted time. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. I mean, uh, things happen. You cannot. You have to accept accept that, and maybe for the next race you can you can you know, uh, may think to do things better in a better way.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So the. uh, talking of tantrums uh, during the event it's it is uh, something that is apparently very common uh, for uh, these ultra events because yeah. you yeah. you you are so in deep uh, in your own thoughts and you you're exhausted and uh, it it is it can get really really dark right so yeah. that's uh, that's why uh, uh, people say uh, there is a saying that uh, uh, you should not have friends in your crew because you might <laughs> you might lose that friendship so yeah. <laughs> that 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 can uh, you know that makes sense right
0: right right <laughs> <laughs> no but they were really they were really nice uh, and uh, they made sure that <laughs> they don't go too far yeah. <laughs> in scolding me. <laughs> yeah. But uh the managed to get sure too. that I, I don't quit. And yeah. although I never wanted to quit, but uh, I just wanted to stop every now and then, and they were like, Why are you stopping every now and then? If you want a break, just take a break mm. and then we'll continue riding. But right. don't just stop every one or two kilometers. Right. And I was doing that. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: that's that's very important to uh, for the crew to keep track of what's happening with you and uh, you know kind of instruct you in the right direction and put you back on yeah. path so that uh, you know team the whole team uh, achieves the objective uh, yeah. at the end of the day
0: the right. ultra spice route also goes through Chikmanglu, so that is the tour of glory uh, right. route right so that was again that was a good thing i mean uh-huh. I, I knew the climb right I mean, yeah, yeah. Chikmang- yeah. So I'm very. I was very confident of it, and uh, they were totally surprised. I mean, they were like, "Are, are you sure you want to ride at this pace?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I know I've got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, so nice. That was uh, that was nice. <laughs>
1: so, talking of the crew and uh, uh, you know these ultra events, you were at the end of uh, the other end of the equation when you crewed for uh, uh, Ram. Into 2019, Kabir Rajure, when he uh, completed Ram, how was that experience? What were the things that you learned there?
0: That also happens to be my first uh, crewing experience, Mm. and we're good friends on bike, on off bike. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first time we met was in the year 2015 when we did a 600 brevet together, Mm -hmm. and we didn't know each other. and then after that, we met in BC, technically Fanger, and we became friends and He okay. was doing 1750. I was doing thousand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we became friends and he, he knew that, you know, I am, I'm am, uh, doing structured training and all those things. Mm-hmm. And he needed someone to guide him
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, help him during Ram. And he mm-hmm. wanted a member who was a cyclist because in his crew, there was, there, were, there was no cyclist. Right, and uh, I'm, I was also a cyclist. I was also an ultra racer, mm-hmm. so I know how an ultra rider thinks during right. the race. So he needed someone like that, and I was also uh, I, I knew driving, uh, so that was a plus, mm-hmm. and uh, I was good in navigation. All those things, uh, you know, helped him to take the decision that I'll be a good member for his crew okay so <laughs> ram uh, that was uh, a totally different experience and uh <laughs> hats off to kabir i mean i i don't think how <laughs> how he did that uh because it is the toughest race but i got to know that it really is the toughest race when i got to experience it and see how people do it mm-hmm. i mean Physical strength is okay, but the kind of mental strength you need is uh, is really, completely yeah, like
1: at another level, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I can, cannot explain it in words how tough you need to be mentally. Mm. Because there's so many hurdles, so many different terrains, different conditions, weather, hot, cold, everything is there. In yeah. That.
1: From one side side of the uh, America to the uh, one coast of America to the other coast. So obviously you are uh, uh, going through a lot of different terrain, a lot of different climatic conditions. You are uh, encountering them in different uh, times of the day. And uh, so many different uh, factors uh, come into the picture.
0: Yeah. So first day itself, I mean, uh, we had a very bad first day <laughs> at Ram because uh, there was a heat warning. There was a heat wave, very bad heat wave because of a forest fire nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all the riders were suffering because of that. And even Kabir was, he even got cramps right on day one ah. uh, because of uh, extreme heat. Mm. And the heat in in US is very dry heat, very different heat uh, as compared to what we have in India. Mm. Probably because it has more UV rays uh, than in India. Mm. So even like forty degrees is really hot, really hot in US. Yeah. And uh, he even got a bee, a bee bit him. So <laughs> and he didn't tell us about it because he didn't want us to get worried about him. Okay. And you know, everything wasn't going well, Mm -hmm. like day one wasn't good. But the way he recovered uh, was really commendable. The way that night went, uh, hats off to him. He survived the night and then day two was again difficult because it was in going to Arizona and Arizona is the hottest (laughs) place in US. Mm -hmm. The maximum temperature we saw was 57 degrees, which was which my was God. really, really good, and average was fifty-four for the day. Oh my God! Was, yeah, when average is fifty-four, I mean, we weren't even able to stand on the road <laughs> at one place. Crazy! We had, to, we had to keep moving because it was so hot. Uh, the heat
1: would be radiating from the uh, tarmac yeah. as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The road was uh, burning, and uh, I mean, how do I don't know how he was riding. <laughs> But yeah, initial days were tough, and once you do three to four days, then you kind of get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. You also get into the plains. Right. Most of the climbing is done in the first three to four days. When you are mm-hmm. also after Arizona, you go into Colorado, mm-hmm. which is again a lot of uh, lot of mountains. Right. You also see the highest point in them, um, which is the Wolf Creek Pass. Mm-hmm. So there's some oxygen shortage also over there. Right. (laughs) You get to experience all the things. And then you come down to the plains in Kansas Mm. where your enemy is the wind. So (laughs) you get headwind, tailwind, crosswinds, all type of winds you're getting. Right. Different time of the day, different winds, different direction of winds. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we were just making sure that uh, he's in the best shape He's getting what he wanted and uh, we don't do anything which jeopardizes his race because even if crew does some violation of, uh, rules, then he gets penalized.
3: Right. That's yeah.
0: I mm. you know if, uh, if the car, if the crew car is not going off the shoulder properly, mm. the rider gets penalized even so even for small, small mistakes. If the crew is not wearing the uh, the reflective vest properly, uh-huh. the crew, the rider gets penalized.
1: Uh, so what what were the uh, kind of challenges that you guys faced as crew members there?
0: So there were times when we didn't know. I mean, how to motivate this guy. <laughs> what to do I mean, what to talk with him, what, what to like 12 days is a long time,
3: long time. Yeah.
0: Sometimes he used to feel sleepy and managing his sleep, managing his food. So we had three cars, we had Mm -hmm. one RV and two other cars and we had two shifts and I was in the night shift and Mm -hmm. the other team was in the day shift. So we had to make sure that he's going through the night properly. Mm And uh, yeah, I mean, if he needed something which is not available at the night time, that used to be a challenge. Right. And how should we tell him that we don't have it? <laughs> because if <laughs> we tell him we don't have it, then he obviously won't won't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Either distract him with something, or we give him something else which he likes, or we just try to sort try to force it.
3: From mm. Yeah.
0: Uh. Just making sure that, you know, providing him what he wants was the challenge and staying awake for us also, Right. because uh, like working in night and sleeping in the day was a little different for Mm -hmm. us because uh, when we used to switch the crew, like the day shift used to give duties to the night crew and the night crew used to take on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we used to be in a hotel trying to sleep so that we're up for the night yeah you're not feeling sleepy you're <laughs> going to suffer at the night yeah so it was a race for us also it was like 12 days of uh race for us as well yeah and uh, yeah.
1: It, it is it is um, i think as challenging for the crew as it is for the actual riders
0: yeah, yeah. Events, i think and yeah it's- it's too- even during driving, mm. uh, during the nights, yeah, and uh, that used to be a challenge. Staying up for us, and then thinking that if we are also feeling sleepy, then how will he be feeling?
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> so that that is uh, th- that's a big challenge because uh, there are incidents in these um, uh, ultra events where the crew, fell, uh, you know, uh, was so tired and fall uh, fell asleep on the wheel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Even hitting that the riders, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because they tail the rider, so yeah. all these things are really challenging. And
0: uh, so he was hallucinating; like he was, he was saying that uh, he was thinking that we are going to a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He kept asking us, like, "Where is the wedding?" I was like, <laughs> "He's <laughs> <been concrete. laughs> when, when was this? Was that uh, in ten? Uh, Day seven or day eight, when he started asking us that, where is the wedding? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So, did he reach the wedding uh, by twelfth day?
0: <laughs> he kept saying that we're going there only. You keep riding. We're going there
2: only.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Day eleven.
0: So, as as we came close to the finish line, mm. uh, like he started hallucinating more and more, mm. and uh, it was very difficult to keep him on the saddle. Okay. Like last two days were really tough. And we were we were fighting with the with the with the cutoff time. Hmm. And there was a point when we thought that it is going to be difficult now because if he needs to, like seeing his average pace right. and the way he's been riding, for the next 48 hours, he'll have to just go non-stop. Right, if he stops for even one or two hours, he's going to miss the cutoff. Hmm. Considering the average that he's riding on. So that was a very stressful moment for us, for the crew. The last two days. Yeah. So we had a short crew meeting when he was sleeping. Like both our crew, we started discussing like what do we do? Uh, Should we tell him that you need to ride continuously considering your average? Or uh, should we just try to see how things go? Because he also knows something, you know. He he knows that how he's riding, how much Mm -hmm. time is left and all mm. those things. Mm. He himself knows obviously how he's riding. Mm. But we didn't want to tell him that, you know, you're behind the time behind the cutoff, You might mm. miss it. Mm. But fortunately, 11th day, he, he rode very strongly. Okay. Like, uh, I guess for uh, straight 60 hours, he didn't sleep.
1: I, I remember following uh, the dot uh i, I mean uh, when yeah. i started following when uh, Srini started uh, riding mm-hmm. ram right yeah, and yeah. Uh, so i, I when at work i keep uh, refreshing the page to kind of dot watch i we we were really surprised uh, with the kind of progress he made during the last uh, couple of days because we were mm-hmm. we were really rep- apprehensive of uh, you know his yeah. ability.
0: Finish that day. Yeah, last few days was really stressful for us as well. Mm. I mean, every second was precious at that time. If he's stopping, we wanted to make sure that he's taking proper rest and you know he's getting the recovery that he needs when he's stopping.
1: What what kind of made him to uh, push uh, during that last uh, couple of days?
0: So (coughs) all his other crew members. Uh, their language is Marathi, and hmm. Mohan and I. Mohan Subramanian was also there in in his group. Mohan and I, we don't speak their language. <laughs> we don't even understand. So we don't really know what they were talking with him. <laughs> to this day, we don't know what they used to interact with him. Hmm. But we only know what we were saying. <laughs> right. But they were definitely were doing something. And
2: hmm.
0: one thing that I did realize that. Uh, they were just talking any gibberish to with him, anything, anything that was coming to his mind, to their okay. minds,
3: yeah.
0: just anything, just to keep him occupied, just to make sure that you know he doesn't feel uh, fell asleep on the bike. Okay. And uh, yeah, they were just talking any any damn thing which they to keep, just coming to, to keep, their mind
1: to keep him awake and keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah, no no particular story or anything. Just Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for a person who is hallucinating, uh, he, I, yeah. any any story or a, anything would. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Mohan
0: and I, we are not the most talkative guys, right. so they were like, "You take the back seat. Let us, let us, <laughs> let us do the talking." Yeah. and We were like, "Please go ahead." <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. So I, my job was mostly to uh, tell him uh, about his ride. Like how fast he's riding. Pacing. And uh, so there are 52 uh segments mm. for the whole uh RAM. Right. You do different checkpoints. Mm. So the moment he used to reach a checkpoint, I used to tell him that next checkpoint you need to do it in this much time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh then he used to do his own race after that. Okay. And in between also every one or two hours, I used to tell him that you're on track, you know. If there's a climb coming ahead, I used to tell him that there's a climb coming ahead. So if you want something, tell us; we'll uh, help you with that. Okay. So that was mostly my role, uh, making sure that uh, he knows his time and uh, what
1: what is coming up and all that.
0: What's coming ahead? Yeah.
1: Nice, excellent. How, that that must have been. Uh, an amazing experience finally seeing him yeah. crossing the line in time and
0: stuff. One thing that really helped uh, him get some pace on day four or day five was that until day four or day five, he was just riding on the smaller ring,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he, he didn't come on the big ring mm. so that uh, you know he's, he's not fatigued a lot, right? And when he was in the planes, uh, he was not getting a lot of speed. Then I told him that. Try the big ring now. It's time for the big ring because mm-hmm. you're in the flats. You don't. You're, you're not getting any climbs. Yeah, and that immediately increased his average pace, and he was also not getting tired. So that was so. These kind of things uh, only a cyclist crew can. Tell yeah, you, you know. definitely, definitely.
1: Awesome, well done uh, to the entire team
0: there yeah yeah yeah. so finally he finished 1 hour 17 minutes before the cut off <laughs> <laughs>
1: great great so he he was the kind of third indian uh, to successfully finish by then right yeah yeah
0: awesome. Awesome.
1: after Srini and amit uh, and, yeah. great so coming back to your own um, uh, riding the Let's talk about the twenty-four hour virtual T championships. Uh yeah. and your uh, pacing and your preparation there. Right. So riding so, riding like one and one, two hours indoors <laughs> can be quite brutal, right? So how did you manage the 24 hour?
0: So I, I knew that this is going to be a suffer fest. So I was mentally prepared uh for it. Mm. the maximum I had done was 10 hours on the bike mm. uh, not the everesting before that also I had done 10 hours of uh, on trainer road mm. and that was just 10 hours of watching numbers and wall in front of you <laughs> just doing 10 hours of a workout
1: is there a 10 hour workout in trainer road
0: I I made it. I made a custom workout. <laughs> wow! <Okay. laughs> had all sweet spot and threshold and sprints and everything in it.
1: <laughs> okay, so you can stitch together the workouts, or uh, how yeah. is that?
0: Oh, okay, right. you can make custom workouts. Okay,
3: mm. I I should try that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, very intuitive, very easy. And you can even include in ride instructions also of your own.
3: Okay.
1: So, yeah. I'll explore that.
0: Yeah. As a coach, it is very good if you want. If you're giving it to your trainees. Right. Uh, so I, I I knew that I can because uh, I knew that I have done ten hours before, mm-hmm. but I also knew how I felt after doing those ten hours. Right. <laughs> I was just lying down for for the next thirty minutes, <laughs> and <laughs> totally disgusted by <laughs> the whole thing when i did 10 hours it was uh, in 2018 or 2019 mm. okay when i joined trainer road after mm. uh, in feb i joined uh, in the in the same year in 2018 september i did 10 hours oh, okay and i decided i'm never going to do this again so this was a crazy thing that i did i even posted it on the trainer road uh, podcast uh, there's a facebook group
3: right yeah
0: trainer road athletes i posted mm. it over there I even got a reply from Trainer Road admin yeah. that you he, are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I decided I'm never going to do this. Yeah. But things change obviously. Uh, I yeah. the next long indoor ride I did was the everesting, uh, mm-hmm. virtual Everesting on Alp, do Zwift. Yeah. So that was, during
1: uh, pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
0: This was uh what june june i guess right um hmm. uh, so i had my strategy clear and uh i had targeted around uh, 11 hours for it
2: mm-hmm.
0: i knew Kabi did it in 12 12 and a half hours so i wanted to do obviously do some better time so, <laughs> yeah yeah so i i thought okay let's target 11 hours i knew that uh I had to do six and a half or seven and a half or whatever, seven and a half uh uh repeats of the climb.
3: Correct. To
0: and
1: complete the eight thousand eight hundred uh yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And I knew what power I need to stay on. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of Reiki on Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh on different wattages that I had targeted. So I did it on 220, 240, 230, all, mm. all the wattages that I had planned to do. Mm. And I knew if I'm doing it at 240, I'm getting this much time If right. at 230, I'm getting this much time. So I could easily, you know, plan the whole, uh, ride. Mm. And I knew I'm, I'm 11 hours is like the safe timing for me. I, right. I could easily do it in 10 hours, 45 minutes.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: So in my mind, I was targeting 10 hours 45, but on paper, my target was 11 hours. Right. And yeah, I started it. Uh, things went well. I was feeling good, so I thought, okay, let's notch it up. Next. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, go a little hard because I was feeling good, mm. and I managed to do it in a much better time. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I came to. I was actually preparing for. Local RAM qualifier in Canada here, uh, which is Deffy Bonville. It's a 800 kilometer RAM qualifier. I was actually preparing for that, which was happening in September. Okay. And then, you know, pandemic happened and everything. So I was like, okay, it won't be a good idea to go for it. It did happen. But okay. It was hmm. also in a different city. I had to travel a lot for it. So right. Thought, okay, let's just give up uh and there's a 24 hour event right that you know i can do it right in my home yeah so i thought okay let's do it <laughs> yeah. and again i i had i uh, had a very good plan for it uh i knew the, i know the tempest fugit route very well right i did the same thing that i did with in everesting i did uh the tempest fugit route at different wattages just to see how much time am i taking right and I uh that i will be able to do around 800 kilometers mm-hmm. so 802 was my target uh, okay. for the race and ultimately i managed to do around 772
3: 772 for 24 hours
0: yeah for 24 hours so i had man- i had planned for around 45 minutes of off saddle time uh which was quite less Considering my previous races, because uh, Ultra Spice, I did 54 hours, right? Uh, out of which 12 hours was off saddle. Okay. So my riding time was 42 hours and yeah. my total elapsed time was 54 hours. Right. So, like in Ultra Spice, whatever small community we have, I am known for high off saddle times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well.
0: What I'll do is I'll take a good long break and I'll, then I'll go fast. And mm-hmm. then I'll take a small, uh, a good break and then I'll go fast. Uh-huh. So that is the way people know me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I knew that I had to change the way I ride because uh, I need to reduce my off time. Mm-hmm. And to reduce my off time, I also have to go a little slow probably. Right. So that was a change in strategy that I had planned in the 24 hours thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45 minutes was really, really less for me initially than I had thought. Mm-hmm. Because it was, itself is very stressful and uh, very mind-numbing.
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Initial uh, six hours. Uh, but, and another interesting thing, thing that I did was I made sure that every three hours, I'm getting something new to it. Okay. So my wife made sure that, you know, something new is coming up every three hours. So I was always looking forward to the next three hour block that I'm going to get new to eat yeah so that kept me going mentally
1: so you kind of broke down, broke that down into smaller chunks of three hours eight
0: different chunks of three hours Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah so and when I used to get that meal or something to eat I used to keep eating it for the next one or two hours Mm -hmm. like if I'm getting a watermelon I won't eat it at once yeah be late, I'll eat some, and after I'll eat some again after half an hour. So yeah. that's the luxury you get when you're riding indoors. Right?
3: right,
0: that yeah. you can have a lot of food around you. Yeah. You can keep it. You don't need to keep your hands on the handlebar. You can take a rest and keep pedaling. So yeah. yeah, you can control the environment around you. You can control how cool it is, how hot it is. So that is the luxury you, you have, and I made sure to take the full advantage of it. Right. i made sure that i'm properly cooled i'm not sweating a lot mm. and uh, i have all the things that i need around me
2: mm.
0: uh, i just had my wife as crewing me right. so i i knew that she'll be sleeping as, as well so i when she's sleeping i have enough resources for me i have enough water i have ele- enough electrolytes
3: right.
0: i made sure of that as well uh, i had planned my first break after six hours so every six hours, I had planned for a break, uh, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 10 15 minutes. And that is how it was building up to 45 minutes. Uh, <clears throat> first six hours, I was feeling perfectly fine. I mean, it was, it was like I'm just, I've just written one or two hours. Right. I was totally fresh. So I was like, I, I, don't, I don't think I need a break. And if I take a break, then Kabir or someone else will overtake me. So right, in, right uh, when, when we started, I took a lead. Mm. And, but we knew that uh, i'm going to slow down yeah. and you just knew that i'm going to slow down i'm going to take a long break and then <laughs> they will get the opportunity to, oh, <laughs> to take me yeah <laughs> so they were like they were also okay that okay let him go let him go ahead right <laughs> and I, I knew that they're also thinking the same thing
1: yeah you you can see each other uh, in in the game that's yeah, right? vip
0: yeah, yeah. yeah you can see how far they are and it uh, also gives
1: the, you the uh, distance between each of you and all that ready.
0: Even the distance and also the time.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So after six hours, I was five minutes ahead of Kavi. Okay. okay. Which is not a lot, hmm. but uh, it can easily disappear if you take a break. Yeah. Because hmm. then your speed goes to zero. You're not right. moving. The other <laughs> guy is moving, and he'll he'll you know <laughs> overtake you in no time. Yeah. Uh, I thought, okay, let's not take a break. Mm. And he, what was happening is, was that he was taking very small, small breaks, maybe P breaks mm. or something mm. every three to four hours, not even three to four, every two hours or one or two hours. He was every now and then he was stopping mm-hmm. and I was gaining on him slowly yeah. and gradually I was gaining on him just because he was taking a break. Right. Not because I was going fast, just because he was taking a break, I used to take, take a lead on him. Mm. And that kind of gave me a psychological boost. And uh, I thought, okay, let's not stop and give him a shock. Mm-hmm. Let's give others a shock that he's not stopping. Right. <laughs> and till eight hours, I was feeling perfectly fine. Yeah. And then something came in my mind that maybe I'm overexerting. Let's not, you know, uh, take a chance. Let, let's not become a hero and uh, do it. Yeah. Do this kind of thing. Yeah. And let's take a small break.
3: Hmm.
0: So I got off the bike deliberately. I got off the bike. I wasn't feeling like taking. After eight hours, uh, just roamed around in the hall. Uh, it was night time. My wife, she was sleeping, and I was just staring at the screen. And I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> let's just ride. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I lost three minutes in that. Yeah. Not doing anything. Just got off the bike. Took a sip and my legs were fine. I was just feeling my quads and calves. Everything was fine. Yeah, fine. good. Mm. Just stretched a little and just got off the bike. Got on the bike again. Okay. And I thought, okay, let, let's not stop now and keep going, keep going, keep going. My next break was at twelve hours. Again, I didn't stop at twelve hours. Mm. And now people were were realizing that this guy is not stopping. Something. And <laughs> Kept asking me like, so we were all interacting with each other uh, and the, the chat one. and stuff. We used Discord it during that. Uh,
1: okay, party. the Discord app, yeah.
0: Discord and also WhatsApp, Zoom call was also there, which was continuously monitoring us.
3: Okay. Uh,
0: so we were interacting. That like, how is everyone doing? So he was teasing me that where well, when are you going to stop? And are you going to sleep? <laughs> Yeah. Because I'm also known to sleep a lot, <laughs> right? Take long sleep breaks, naps, small naps, uh, right. long naps. <laughs> uh, but I didn't stop. So after 15 hours, another thought came in my mind that let me go and take a shower.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Change my clothes because I was thinking I was all salty. My shorts were all white of right. salt. Right. And I was squeaking, my shorts were squeaking because of the sweat. Yeah. And uh, I thought, Let, let's just change my shorts. Mm-hmm. Why not change my shorts? Let's take a shower. Right. I immediately got off the bike, mm. uh, without telling anyone that I'm making a break. <laughs> and, uh, quickly I took a nine minute shower. That was the only thing, uh, mm. that was the only break. And then I decided that okay, now I am not stopping till 24 hours, and yeah. I will just continuously ride.
2: Hmm.
0: And yeah, that's what I did. So my total off saddle time was 13, 13 minutes something.
1: Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so what was the uh, kind of power you were maintaining uh, throughout uh, the? Uh,
0: my at the end, my average power was 150 watts right. for 24 hours.
1: So two point uh, something watts per kg yeah
0: yeah two point something
1: yeah that's pretty reasonable and that's perfectly paced for a 24 hour yeah. thing
0: so i had targeted in terms of intensity factor uh obviously uh, yeah i targeted for 0.55 yeah and ultimately something, achieved
1: 0.52 something you know something we call it uh all day pace right so, yeah, and that is precisely what you need for an all day event
0: yeah <laughs> that is the active recovery thing no? yeah. 0.55 is like active recovery so yeah, yeah I managed to do 0. 0.52 and another thing was that after 12 hours you know there was no competition and it was kind of getting clear that I was too ahead right? mm-hmm. I was after 12 hours I was like 15-20 minutes ahead of Kabir mm-hmm. and at the end I was like more than half an hour or 40 minutes ahead Mm -hmm. I won by 40, 45 minutes. Okay. So I was continuously gaining time and it was mostly clear that I'm going to win now. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was no motivation for me to go fast.
3: Yeah.
0: And after 15 hours, till 15 hours, I was on track of my, Mm -hmm. like achieving 800 kilometers. Right. And then I got off that plan Mm
3: -hmm.
0: because there was no motivation. I was obviously mentally fatigued. I wasn't physically fatigued, but mentally I was uh disgusted and i was like i don't want to ride, but i have to write because if i quit now it will be a shame right <laughs> that you are winning and then you lost yeah so just for the sake of that you need to go on
1: well done man so but uh, that is that is a perfect uh you know point to talk about the mental aspect of these events right yeah. Yeah, how? How? Uh, what are the things? What are the some of the things that you do uh, mentally to keep yourself going?
0: Right. So one very easy thing, and a lot of I, I see a lot of uh, people who do breve uh, do this technique, is uh, making very small uh, targets for yourself. Right. Like if you're doing a breve. Uh, you you see a milestone of a village, which is after 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers, you make a target in your mind. Like mm-hmm. if it's 10 kilometers, I want to do it in the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then track track how you're doing. Keep chasing that time. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you do it in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And once you do that in 20 minutes, you get a sense of achievement. And that's what motivates you to further, you know, keep going make another catch another milestone make another target for yourself right and keep achieving that keep achieving that and that's the way uh, you you don't realize that you've done so much distance
3: yeah.
1: yeah so that that is a very good point because uh, breaking a really huge uh, target into smaller chunks would yeah. uh, take your mind off for the bigger thing and yeah. um, It it does two things. It takes your mind off the bigger thing and takes the intimidation that you feel for that out of the equation. And uh, by achieving the smaller targets, you are also giving yourself that, um, uh, that boost of achieving something. And you, yeah, you keep uh, accumulating that uh, confidence uh, and it keeps building and
0: keeps you going. Right. During the 24 hours, I was never bored, sort of, I was bored after in the last six hours were tough for me, Mm. but before like first uh, 18 hours, I I was always occupied with some or the other thing, Mm. either I'm eating something or I'm drinking something or i I'm, I'm calculating something that how far am I, mm. how much lead do I have?
3: Right.
0: when do I take a rest? what do I eat next? what like everything as i as I told, I was right. getting something to eat, yeah but I was always occupied of some or the other thing, either chatting yeah. with someone,
3: yeah
0: or maybe just chatting with someone random some some random friend of yours who doesn't know about your event mm. on whatsapp right. <laughs> on right. Facebook and yeah i was always occupied i wasn't uh, bored like i'm not doing anything
3: yeah
1: so that that that, that is uh, that is excellent uh, way to keep yourself occupied mentally and uh, keep going and that uh, uh, tip you mentioned about breaking it into smaller chunks and uh, uh, going after them is uh, quite uh, makes perfect sense now uh, how how what are what are the things that you have uh in mind for the future what are you aiming at so
0: as i told you initially that uh, i was kind of a hybrid rider i am also doing short distance races i am also doing long distance rides right and i wanted something in the middle so uh, although ultra cycling is an extreme mm. but it is a mix of you know racing and long distance right and that is something that i like doing and now that, now that i am into ultra cycling and another reason of adopting into ultra cycling is because in short distance races i am a time trialist so mm. I, I love doing time trials yeah uh, i'm more of a sustained power kind of a guy rather than short power guy i'm yeah. not a sprinter uh, i am an okay climber and i'm a, i'm a very good and trialist so that suits me in ultra cycling as well if you 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 have to sustain a power for a long 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 time that's what i do yeah but in ultra cycling also there are short single day races there are multi-day races Mm. and what i find is that in multi-day races there are a lot of variables involved because there are there is your
3: crew right
0: you have to manage your sleep, you have to manage your nutrition in a very different way in multi day races right as compared to single day races Good. because in in multi day races what happens after one or two days, you lose the taste mm. you, whatever you're eating, whatever you're drinking, everything is same yeah, so even if I'm drinking water or even if I'm drinking fast up or something, it's all the same <laughs> <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. so. <laughs> multi-day races is obviously a totally different ball game mm. and I'm somehow realizing it now that 24 hours is like my sweet spot. wherein it's not very short. It's not very long mm. but and it's right in the, in, in, in the spot where, uh, it, I don't have to sleep. I don't have to stop a lot. Mm. And I don't need a crew as well because most of the twenty-four hours, like in real life, twenty-four hours races that happen, Hmm. they happen in a circuit. Okay. And you have to keep doing that circuit on and on and on, laps of it. Okay. And your crew doesn't need to be behind you; they just Hmm. need to be stationary at one point and keep feeding you with nutrition.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's economical also. You know, you don't have to spend money on fuel on car on a lot of large team of crew. You just need one or two guys who just need to be at the, at one point and keep providing you with nutrition. Logistically easy. Logistically, it is very easy, very convenient. Mm. And uh, yeah, so 24 hours is something that I would like to explore and in future, I would definitely be looking to do more and more 24 hour races, uh, whatever. Now that I'm in Canada, in North American region, I can uh, fancy doing races in the u.s uh, so 2021 will be there'll be this world uh 24-hour time trial championship
3: in right.
0: uh orego springs so that is something that i'm targeting there's another in florida which I, but i don't think because of covid it will happen now it happens in the month of feb
1: okay
3: uh,
0: in florida.
1: When, when is the um uh, uh the other event you s- Mentioned happening?
0: Yeah, the World Championship uh, that happens in October. So I okay. hope by October things get better. And, okay.
1: That's in Colorado, is it?
0: That's in uh, California.
3: California. Okay.
0: Yeah. Borrego Springs. That's actually the the first checkpoint at Ram.
3: Ah, okay. Interesting. So
0: TS zero is the start point, and then TS one is Borrego Springs. Okay. Okay. So they have a flat section there with mm. a very small gradual climb, mm. and it's a thirty-kilometer circuit that you.
3: Okay. You can
1: get. Right, right, excellent. So that's what uh, is in the horizon for you for next yeah. year
3: to yeah. prepare. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay, awesome. So how, what, what is, uh, so these long events, wh- how do you uh, look at uh, the nutrition uh, aspect? Do you consider, uh, say, calculate uh, these many uh, uh, calories per hour kind of thing or how, how do you manage?
0: Yeah, actually you brought up a very good point. Uh, I am a very particular guy about nutrition. Hmm. I I love researching about nutrition and making sure that my nutrition strategy is on point. Uh, I've tried a lot of products back in India and here as well. Some have suited me, some have not. And uh, I keep uh, fine-tuning my nutrition strategy. Uh, I know how much electrolytes I need in an hour. I know how much I'm sweating. I know if I'm sweating more, how much I need. If I'm sweating less, how much I need. So I've been trying a lot of products here. Like uh, Scratch Labs is really nice. Uh, Suits me really well. Even Hammer Nutrition products are really good. Very natural products. And uh, my body responds to them really well. Like yesterday I did a race and uh, I used their anti-fatigue caps. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do a decent sprint even at the end and I wasn't fatigued. Mm. So that really helped me. So, yeah, I I keep uh, exploring these new things and uh, keep including them in my plan Mm -hmm. Uh, for the 24 hour thing. I I did something risky (laughs) that I would say. So you must have noticed that I didn't take a pee break right at all so i i didn't pee at all <laughs> for the whole 24 hours and i managed my liquid intake in a way that whatever i'm sweating i'm just consuming it and i don't need anything more and i'm not excreting or uh, any fluids right i didn't feel the need to pee at all during the mm-hmm. 24 hours i was just drinking enough to so that my body is getting enough water that okay. it needs yeah and uh, I didn't feel the need to pee at all <laughs> okay
1: so was it like uh um how how much did it work out to like a a, a bottle a couple of hours or
0: something like that uh, it was around 500 to 600 ml an hour okay of liquids and liquids uh i had hydration i had bcaa uh i had uh recovery drinks right and uh I had uh, this, uh, this thing that I only kept it for the last three to four hours because I knew it could have been competitive in the last three to four hours. Mm-hmm. So there is this hydration energy drink, mm-hmm. which has everything, you know, it has salts, it has uh, caffeine, it has, uh, helps you to recover on the bike as well. It gives you the energy. It has carbs, mm-hmm. it has around uh, 40 to 50 gram of carbs. So mm-hmm. enough for an hour. Yeah, that helped me perfectly for the last three hours. I didn't eat anything. I just took that geohydration drink in the last three hours and mm-hmm. uh, everything was fine.
3: Nice,
1: nice. So around uh, uh, in terms of kind of calories per hour, did it come to like around 200 calories per hour or something like that? How? Uh,
0: I don't remember how many calories I burned. Mm-hmm during the ride it was around 12000 or something I don't, okay. I don't i don't actually remember okay yeah but it's yeah. there in my strava so
3: okay Will I he... can
0: go back and check
3: yes 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 <laughs>
1: but uh, great that you were able to manage uh, ha- these indoor uh, things i think indoor events are perfect uh, for you to kind of experiment with these things so that and you can probably uh, port them to the outdoor uh, real, yeah. event, real life events. That
0: is yeah. perfect. Yeah. I did do a few long rides outdoors here as well in Canada. Mm. Uh, I just use the same training, same uh, hydration in outdoors as well, and it worked. So yeah, nice,
1: great. So how do you kind of balance the demands of hard training uh, and personal life?
0: it it definitely is uh, difficult <laughs> yeah. so i uh, uh, like as my the the time i started cycling itself was uh, a very stressful time for me because mba is a very busy you know uh, it's not easy to maintain do of... your studies also and do your cycling as well right but I made, i'm i'm a, i'm an early riser that's something that's ingrained in me from my childhood Hmm. I wake up at five and I will do my workout and obviously my classes like at that time, my classes used to start from nine. So I had enough time.
2: Hmm.
0: Even if I'm doing a one or two hour ride, hmm. I'll be back by 7am and I'll do my breakfast. I'll take a bath. I'll have still have enough time to go for my classes at 9am. Right. So mornings is definitely my favorite time to uh, train. Yeah. In that way, the college went well, I made sure that I'm doing all my work in the evening. I'm not leaving anything for the early morning, any project work or any assignments in the, for the early morning, because early morning is for training.
3: Yeah. So I
0: made sure that I'm not, uh, you know, partying around, wasting time in the evenings. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I used to spend evenings uh, doing my coursework and whatever I needed to do for the next day. Right. Uh, and I used to sleep early, obviously, 10 mm. or 11 a.m. I used to be in the bed and being in the hostel, uh, it was a little difficult. But uh, again, I wasn't that serious of a cyclist at that time. Right. I was right. just a crazy guy who used to just go out, mm. do a hard 40 kilometers and come home. That's it. That was my training. Right. <laughs> I didn't have a structured plan or anything, but I, I just liked the sport I liked doing uh, distances and uh, yeah, just come back home. There was no structure, uh, but there was a routine, and that kept um, like throughout. Even after, even I joined my job, it did take a hit when I joined decathlon because decathlon was very stressful. I had to stand for for the whole nine hours of my shift. Right. And standing nine hours, and then again training was difficult. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do a lot of training during my job at Decathlon. But when I left Decathlon, uh, when I joined another job, that was again a luxury for me to sit during yeah. my job. Yeah. <laughs> and again, my training uh, took uh, like took the took my priority, uh, and uh, I got married in the year twenty seventeen. Right after my LEL crash. Right. <laughs> so I crashed in August 2017 and uh-huh. I got married in uh, October 2017. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I utilized that recovery time for my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so my wife, she was also with me during my MBA. So she was my junior. Okay. Uh, so she knew me and I told her that, you know, if you're going to get married with me, <laughs> this is something that you have to deal with. That you know, I'll I'll be doing cycling a lot. <laughs> right. But she's okay with it, and she herself is into running. Nice. She does five k's and ten k's, mm-hmm. and uh, she understands that you know, yeah. This is something that I like doing. This is something that I have. I'm passionate about. Yeah. She helps me in races, so that's all that I I I can ask for. Awesome. My job in uh, 2018 and 2019, when I changed my job from Mumbai to Pune, that was a night shift job and I used to work during the night. Uh, My my timing was 6.30 p.m. to 3.30 a.m. Right. (laughs) So I used to wake up at 10 a.m. 10 or 11 a.m. And I had the whole day for myself. Like, uh, I could train easily on my own. Mm-hmm. And that is when I used to do trainer road 2018 and 19. Okay. So night shift kind of worked for me because mm-hmm. I used to get a lot of time for my training. There was no one at home. My mm-hmm. wife was uh, gone for her office and I was only, I was the only guy at home and I used to get a lot of time for training. Right. So that kind of suited me. And, uh, now that I'm here, uh, So this this decision to come to Canada was also uh, mostly because of the kind of role that I was in. Mm -hmm. So the reason I had night shift because I was interacting with U.S. clients more and more. Okay, that's the kind of that's the nature of my job that I Mm -hmm. need to interact with more and more U.S. clients and the kind of business that I uh, manage. uh, It is more prevalent in the North American region and not so much in the Asia Pacific region. Right. And that was the reason we decided to move here because there are more opportunities here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I get to do more cycling here, to interact right. <laughs> with more riders, better yeah. riders, faster riders. Yeah, I see here seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds, having three fifty-plus FTP, weighing hardly sixty-five kgs. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I have a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, these are very strong riders mm. uh, so if I'm getting to ride with them it's obviously a plus for me. Back in India I used to be the strongest riders in the bunch and here I am like not the weakest but among the weaker riders and I'm somehow holding their wheel. Right. So it's obviously uh, better to ride with stronger riders than you. It mm. will definitely make you better.
1: Right. Good. So you kind of prioritize your training uh, in uh, while, wherever you are so that, yeah, yeah. you know, you Unfortunately, get... all my
0: workplaces, like all my bosses have been very supportive of, of uh, my passion. They know that I'm a cyclist mm. and uh, they have always encouraged me. Even my current boss, he's really fond of my passion and he always encourages me that, you know, keep doing it. And it's really nice. We even did a, we even uh, did a virtual event in my company, mm-hmm. which whoever cyclists are there, we all contributed uh, for a charity. So yeah, nice, nice. They're all supportive of it.
1: Very good. So, do you think this uh, your uh, your sport, your act uh, being active in sport helps you in at work? Uh,
0: definitely. Uh, so when I wake up, I do my training. If the training goes well, if I have ridden well, <laughs> if I've had a good workout, it gives you a good feeling. You've done, you've done something good. You've achieved something right in the start of the day. And you start your work day uh, on a good note.
3: Yeah.
0: You're motivated. Uh, you don't feel guilty that you know, you've just woken up. Took bath and now you, you're going to work. You've done, not done anything. You, you feel satisfied that okay, you've done your workout for the day, and uh, you know ready to start working.
1: You start. This, yeah.
0: It, it, it is really important that uh, you when you're working you really concentrate on working, mm-hmm. and when you're when you're working out you only concentrate on working out and don't worry about your work. If you have any meeting, don't get stressed out because of it.
3: Yeah.
0: That is something that I've learned with time because when I was in India, I used to get a lot of stressed out because of my work mm-hmm. and that used to affect my riding mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. My work used to get affected because of my riding as well. Mm-hmm. But now I make sure that I've learned to you know keep things differently. Uh, if I'm training, I'm not thinking about office work. If I'm uh, working, I'm not thinking about riding. <laughs>
1: Yeah, delineating that kind of uh, uh, leaving the stresses out of the way is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So any any f- uh, final advice on uh, for typical uh, working athletes like you on the ways they can get better at sport while doing uh, uh, well at
0: work and family? So uh... When So first and foremost thing, you really need to be passionate about the sport, unless you're not passionate about cycling, it is very difficult that you will stick with it mm. and start riding. Don't really have small like big plans and uh, don't target like big races or big things that I'll do hundred kilometers, I'll do 200 kilometers or whatever. Start from small distances, uh, do those interact with other riders, talk with them, uh, how they are managing their work life, work ride, work life balance. And uh, that is how, you know, you also get encouraged. And as I said, it's very, very important to keep both of them separate. Don't mix them because once you mix them, uh, none of them will work. You will waste a lot of time during work thinking about cycling. (laughs) Yeah. That used to happen with me a lot yeah. that I get distracted that while I'm working that, okay, let let me just get get this wheel or get this upgrade or something like that. Yeah. There's a race coming up, let me read about it. Yeah. Like if someone on Strava has done something, I'll explore it. I used to waste a lot of time doing that during my work hours and mm-hmm. that is not productive. I'm working so that I can write. <laughs> So, if if you if you want to keep riding, then you definitely work properly right. and religiously.
1: <laughs> absolutely, you know we kind of tend to lose sight of uh, uh, the fact that it is the work that is uh, funding all our uh, absolutely you know, your work is
0: your passion. So yeah. don't uh, don't keep it at risk.
1: Right. <laughs> so it's important to do well at work. Uh, Uh, separate those things and focus there as well so that it continues to fuel your passions.
0: Yeah, I've also realized that if you do well at work, it helps you in riding also. Once you do well at work, once you get recognition at work, you will feel good. And once you feel good, you'll do better in your training as well. You'll do better in your races as well.
1: Yeah, It kind of works both ways, right?
0: It works both ways. If you do well in riding, you'll feel good at work. Yeah. So I would say, if you're starting new, do well at work. <laughs> yeah. So that helps you to encourage, get encouraged for your cycling.
1: Prioritize. Yeah. 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 Great man. This is this has been a great uh, session with you. Uh, very very um, uh, great stories about your own races, your experience crewing uh, these races. Uh, nutrition, hydration for all these uh, events that you do and uh, it, I'm really looking forward to your uh, uh, following your progress on these uh, events them both virtually and in real life and yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure that you will do really well uh, in the uh, coming events as well given your consistency and uh, uh, structured uh, a training so all the best there and thanks uh, thanks a lot uh, for your time uh, for the podcast
0: thanks thanks a lot Venki it was wonderful I didn't even know how much time has gone by <laughs> yeah, it was very nice talking with you and thank you so much for having me on the show thank you
1: and uh, for all the listeners uh, check out the um, ISRT uh, Facebook group and if you are looking at uh, the online uh, races uh, get in touch with Mayank, he would uh, guide you there and uh, subscribe and share